Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. All right, just time to doze off to sleep. And there we go. All right. Let's just see what's rattling around the old headspace tonight. Oh, oh this one looks empty. Except for this little piece of paper here that just says 2020. Yeah, nope. All right, let's continue on. Okay, this is a fun one. You know, you got the old the, uh, the neon sign there, just unlovable, just written out in, in neon pink. And yeah, that's uh, there's that group of people laughing at me for, for trying something and failing. <laughs> okay, that's a good one. Oh, how could I forget the piece de resistance of my anxiety? Death. Oh, just you, you big question mark. I just, I, I can't figure you out. I, I can't, listen, I can't get a pulse on you. <laughs> oh, anyway, I'm going to be up all night anyway, so I might as well throw on another episode of Family Guy there, Big Shoot, so I'm going to, uh, I'm going to be a while. What's going on, guys? And welcome to the season finale of season three of Life's Rack, the podcast where I, your host with just just like nice eyebrows, is something that I've noticed. Uh, Kyle Moore, and, and of course, you know the voice of my mental illness here. Yeah. Hey, thank heavens for tweezers and insecurity. Eh. <laughs> okay. Let's not start that. Uh, talk about the world of mental health with special guests and amongst ourselves to help normalize the conversation surrounding mental health. Uh, before we get started, I just want to give a shout out to Rosalind Guest for the intro idea. Give her a follow on Instagram at Rosalind underscore SDG. Uh, and if you want to get a shout out on the podcast, all you have to do is make sure you're following Life's Rec Podcast on Instagram at Life's Rec Podcast. And then answer the little question box that asks for intro ideas the week of the podcast. And your idea might start a podcast down the road. Okay, uh, bro, this has been three full seasons of Life's Rec. You know, to be fair, it is pretty crazy I've been able to tolerate you this long. You? Dude, dude, I've been 
you made my life a living hell for like 18 years. Yeah, look at you now, podcast boy. You're welcome. No, I'm not. I'm not thanking you. Don't, you. you don't have to, sport. You're welcome. No, I'm not. I'm not giving you credit for all. No, of this. I, I'm giving you credit for the work that I've done. You're, you're the you're the worst. I know. Thank you. You've you've been the worst since day one, though. But you, okay, I'm gonna try to bury the hatchet here. You know what? Like, I feel like we've made some big strides this year. A lot of growth. Yeah, growth in how much I resent this little little tinkering project of yours. I'd say growth in our relationship. You know, I will say you're not as easy to push around, which I which I'll give you credit for. See, I appreciate that. You know, you you talk a big game, but deep down, deep down, I know that you're you're a little you're a little softy. No, I a little big ball of mush. Stop. A rose petal in a garden. Of... Oh, okay, that's enough of that. Talk to them. Get it. Get out of my face. You know what? That that's a good idea, guys. I want to thank you all for the love and support that you guys have shown over the past 15 episodes of this season. Um, you know, the podcast has continued to grow throughout the year, and more and more people have shared their stories with me, both on the podcast and on social media. And I want to let you guys know that that means the world to me. Um, when I first started this project, it was just a way for me to get some things off my chest and basically be something that could help me heal, um, something that could help kind of kickstart my mental health journey. Uh, but I've seen it turn into something that people are listening to and learning from that's helping change how people see mental health. That's, that's provided me an opportunity to make actual change, however, you know, small at the time it may be. Um, and I can't put into words how much it's meant to me. So thank you all, um, so much. Uh, do you, do you want to add anything by the way? Yeah, to see you guys pump this guy's ego for 15 straight episodes has just been gag-worthy. Okay, that was rude. Okay, yeah, fine. Um, uh, to be honest, it's the voice of reason on this podcast. The uh, voice of mental health, not reason. Yeah, sure, whatever. Um, you know, I, I will say it's been amazing to learn from other people because, you know, it's helped me learn more about why I'm here. You know, different chemical imbalances, years of negative self-talk, unhealthy thought processes, a fixed mindset... You know, so to learn from the incredible people like the one that we have on the season finale today has has been cool. It's it's taught me a lot. That that was uh that was a lot nicer. Yeah, don't don't get <laughs> I used to expecting that. that. <coughs> Softy. Yeah. Okay. Enough. He's right though. You know, I I think we have a pretty incredible way to close out this season. And before I introduce our guests, uh, we're gonna have some details at the end of the episode about season four and and things you know things to look forward to. But enough of the boring stuff. I, I want to get to this episode because it's it's a really special one. Um, today on the podcast, I'm chatting with mental health advocate and former Humboldt Bronco Tyler Smith. Tyler was part of the 2017-2018 Humboldt Broncos team that was involved in that Broncos bus tragedy. After a lengthy recovery, Tyler decided to make the tough decision to step away from the game of hockey during the 2018-2019 season after 10 games back with the Broncos to focus on his mental health. Um, he's obviously got an incredibly powerful story, and he himself is just uh, a really special individual. So, you know, without dragging things on any longer, Tyler, welcome to the podcast, man. How you doing? Good. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a grind. Um, I'm in my third semester of, of television, television broadcasting, so a pretty hard program to do online. Yeah. Um, but we're able to go in on Fridays, which is a, which is a treat. And and we produce our own news shows and stuff, so it's nice to get some human interaction. But uh, yeah, it's definitely uh, definitely been different. Man, I don't envy you having to be in school right now. Like that was, I was kind of like happy that the the um, COVID hit when it did because like I had like a couple weeks left of school to do, and then I was like free man. Oh man, I I, I mean I think it's either you hate it or you love it, and I, I I don't hate I don't hate it. 
but it's uh it's become background noise which is too bad yeah. the old zoom instructor but um I mean, I feel for even our instructors, uh, it's so tough. I couldn't even imagine for them. So 100%. Um, I, re- I respect what they're doing and, and trying to still educate us, even though it's not the same education that we would have got. But yeah, uh, yeah it's, uh, it's it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, no, man, I know. Like, And especially doing something as hands-on as like TV and and the arts just in kind of in, in general. Like it's so, it's like, what am I, what am I learning from just like hearing you say it versus actually like doing it with my hands? Like I feel like everyone who goes into those programs is such like a tactile learner. Yeah, I mean, same for me. Like I love, first of all, even just having an, an instructor in front of me uh, helps keep me way more engaged. But I mean, now it's I, I don't know like i just feel like i'm I'm still learning obviously like i, I still i'm listening to what my te- instructors are saying but it's uh it's just not the same learning unfortunately which is uh which is too bad because it's nobody's fault unfortunately yeah yeah that's kind of the thing it's like you're all just kind of like you're all just kind of like going through the paces you're like we're gonna get over this eventually but during the time you're like come on this is exhausting yeah yeah so man i mean i first of all i appreciate you taking the time today uh and, and coming on i know that uh given the circumstances and the the weight of your story like media is definitely something that uh you have to deal with now so i appreciate you uh you know coming on and and talking with me about uh about everything because it was actually funny my um an old boss of mine sent me a story that uh somebody from cbc edmonton had written about you um and i hadn't really heard about uh you know obviously when what happened in, in 2018, uh, you know, that was across Canada, like it just it just shook everyone. And it was literally everywhere you looked like you just saw what had happened to to you and your teammates. Um, and I hadn't really heard after the fact, like kind of like what had happened apart from seeing some things on Sportsnet and, you know, different things like that. But then hearing that you had started to work within the mental health space, I was super curious about the work um that you've done so i mean like man like i know that you can probably get uh, pretty overwhelmed with uh, the stuff going on but i appreciate you taking the time yeah of course yeah no it, it was a no-brainer and i mean i think the one thing i try to definitely keep the reason i keep kind of doing it i mean i definitely question um doing like all the media and all that every from time to time but yeah the thing is i mean it could be one person watching that hears um, my story or my words or somebody else's story. And, and it, it strikes a chord with them and it, and it makes an impact and it hopefully gives that person some hope. And I mean, it's crazy how much a a little um, even word or phrase or, or, or story, like I said, can really make an impact on, on any person watching or, or whatever, or listening or whatever it may be. So. Yeah. Well, dude, it changes worlds. Like, you know, just being able to like show that somebody, you know, I think the biggest thing is like the reason that I wanted to start this podcast was the fact that it's like, you know, from the outside looking in, it's like you have all these great things going for you. And then, you know, it's so easy to see like, oh, you know, this guy played junior hockey, you know, somebody who didn't know, you know, about the accident or anything like that would look at you from the outside and just be like, oh, this guy's probably got it made. Like, what's this guy have to complain about? And then once you actually get to know somebody, you're like, damn, like, I'm not actually not alone in this feeling. So it's great what you're doing. Um, and I guess the first thing that I just kind of wanted to ask is, man, I I guess I'm just so blown away by everything that happened and just the fact that you're willing and open to talk about it. And I just kind of want to know, like, what what's the first thing that popped in your mind? What was going through your head after you woke up in the hospital? Yeah, I mean, waking up, I think um, right away, I was still I mean, I wasn't I was on like morphine drip. So I, I had no kind of I wasn't in obviously the proper mental state to to really grasp or understand what what what, hap- what just happened. But uh, I 
I definitely like remember waking up and, and having questions. I mean, that's, that's only natural. Just trying to For figure sure. out, okay, why is, why are these like Canadian celebrities and icons in my room? Like what's going on? And, and I mean, my family did a great job of easing me into it mm. and kind of letting me, I, I don't, I don't think I got my phone till probably day eight or nine and yeah. which is probably a good thing just because even opening up that was, was so overwhelming, obviously in a positive way, um, which is all this love and support from people. But uh, yeah, I, I can't obviously pinpoint exactly the time I remember waking up and, and coming to and all that, but it's definitely uh, as a human being, it's it, your mind just wanders and, and wants to, to get some answers to, to that, that curious. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So those first like weeks and months after was, uh, I mean, I don't want to say all bad just because obviously there was still so much support and it, it was, I mean, it was everywhere and we were getting gifts right. and flowers at the, at our doorstep every single day and, and the GoFundMe alone. Um, but it definitely was, uh, I mean, we were 19 to 21 year old kids. So how do we even like begin to, to start coping or, or start recovering? And, I think for a while there, the, the shock factor just didn't go away. And it, it was hard to even grasp, like, the fact that we were a part of this and this just happened. And, and I mean, it was it was something that we saw every day as well. It's not like a, I could turn on the TV and, and not see something, go, like, going on. So um, it was definitely hard to get away. But then again, yeah. um, I think the people just truly just cared for us. And and everybody around just wanted to know how we were doing. And, mm. and unfortunately it was, it was, uh, I, I mean, I, I personally didn't um, do anything media related for, for that first, first while, just because, I mean, I, I was obviously still recovering physically quite a bit. And then, uh, I mean, the mental and emotional side was still like, was still how, how do you even begin? Like how, where do you start? Like what, yeah. what is the best way? I, I, I wish there was a handbook to tell us what, what to do, but unfortunately it was, uh, it was just so foreign to us. So. Yeah. What did you do to, to start the process? Nothing. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to be enough. honest. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I was, uh, I was that kid that I, I just, I would go to my physio, I would come home, I would, I would sit there and I would just kind of, you know, stay silent and I would, I would just feel numb and, mm. and it was, it was mainly just all about the physical recovery. I, I didn't really care for the, the mental things that it's more or less put everything on the back burner, which I think a lot of people at our age would do in, in that position. And it was just something easy and, and especially the distractions as well. It was, it was so nice to, to distract yourself, obviously. Yeah. Um, and especially like even the NHL awards was, a was, I mean, we were still distracted, but we were on national TV and we were all bawling our eyes out. So yeah. it was, uh, it was just so different. It was just, there was a lot of events that we had to go to. There was a lot of uh, kind of things here and there. And, um, I don't think there was, I don't want to say there wasn't time for us to really, um, cope and, and heal, but I just felt like it was, uh, yeah, it was extremely challenging to to even begin to take that first step. Did you? I mean, how how was it going to all those events and stuff? Because I mean, to have to relive that so fresh after it happened, like so consistently, sounds like hell. Yeah, I mean, obviously the NHL. Like, I think we're all super grateful for the fact that they, sure, they obviously totally. brought us down. And and I mean, the award for for Darcy was super special, and and Christina being able to accept it on stage was was super 
super important and super special to be a part of. Mm. But then again, it was uh, it was extremely tough because you're you're standing in front of your your childhood heroes. You got I mean I can't even remember who was in the stands, but you got all these NHL hockey players and you're just bawling your eyes out and you can't even really like you know you you feel like you can't even go and even have a conversation with them. You know the little kid and you wants to go up. Yeah, and, yeah, for sure. But then again, you're still trying to to realize the fact that you're here because that day happened and i mean mm. it's i mean the nhl wanted to support us and 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 wanted to do everything they could which i said like i said we're super grateful for but yeah. um uh a lot of a lot of it unfortunately we just didn't we weren't able to be kids as well like we weren't able to kind of like we we can't go enjoy the city or anything like that which was too bad but then again i mean we were there for darcy and that was the most important thing so um it was uh yeah it was uh, that first summer was definitely a, a lot of ups and downs. Yeah, no, for sure, man. I mean, was there was there a moment that you can remember looking back that you're like, that, you know, everything, you actually did get a chance to start processing things and start working through them? Or, you know, how long did things stay on that back burner? Uh, things stayed on that back burner until, unfortunately, around November of that next year, just because I got word that I could play again. And yeah. uh, my physical my physical recovery was going so well. So um, they were like, yeah, you can maybe go play again. So then they, then it was just such a focus on that. It was such a focus on getting my body back to, to junior A shape and getting my conditioning back and all that. And and I didn't really prepare mentally or emotionally for, for going back to Humboldt and, and being mm-hmm. in that same dressing room and, and all those same environments. Um, and then after 10 games is is when I had to kind of tum- come to terms with the fact that this is not where I needed to be. And uh, as much as, as much as I can look back and it's one of the prouder moments of my life, being able to go back and play junior A hockey again and throw on that logo and play for the 16 um, people that we lost. It, it was at that point where I actually had to, for once, put myself first and, and focus on healing yeah yeah well i mean that's the thing right it's like it's so easy to get caught up in the physical and i'm sure when you are kind of like in a bit of that you know whether you want to call it like the denial stage of grief or you know you don't really want to let it all in like it's so easy just to say well i've also got the physical recovery so i'm just going to focus on that and then all of a sudden you get there and it's like oh man like yeah this is you know yeah it would set in for sure sounds tough man i i just i can't imagine like i I do want to know like how'd it feel to get back on the ice though I mean, it, it felt it felt really good. It felt mm. refreshing, um, especially those first couple of weeks leading up to going back to Humboldt. Just being able to hop on the ice with my brother and and we put ourselves through the ringer. We were sweating. We were having, you know, we put music on and it was nice. It was refreshing. It was just us out there and it was. But then again, um, I mean, going back, um, it was just it was extremely hard to adjust it was extremely hard to sit in that same spot in the dressing room and look around and see new faces and and um I mean I I, I'll never like at the end of the day the the teammates that I had in that year um following when I went back and the coaching staff everybody was everybody was incredible it's there's no denying that but it just unfortunately there's a lot of faces that I wish I that were still there and I, I mean even in my billet house not seeing Tobe and stuff it was uh it was something that that's when it started to, to, you know, like, this is, this is where yeah. I need to take that step. And unfortunately that, that meant leaving humble, which I, I didn't want to do because I didn't want to let anybody down. I didn't want to yeah. let the families down. I didn't, but then again, um, the, the people that I spoke to 
when I had to make that decision. Um, they all kind of reassured me that unfortunately, like you have to put yourself first and you have to be, you have to be selfish in the sense that if you don't do something now, then it's going to continue to spiral down. So yeah, it's such a tough decision to make. Like I, <laughs> I can't imagine getting back there and then, and then the finally being able to like, say like, you know, have that recognition to say like, okay, I got to put myself first here. And then you've got that added pressure of like, you know, telling yourself, Oh, I gotta, I don't want to let these people down. Like after all the support and all the stuff that they've done, I don't want to kind of like, what, what was it about that? I don't want to let them down. Like, was it like, I don't want to let them down because of all the support that the whole country's shown or like, I don't know what, what do you think that it kind of was in a way? Um, I think I'm more like, I, I personally just didn't want to let any of the, the families of the 16 um, amazing people that we lost down yeah. just because, I mean, I wanted to play for them. I went back for them. I wanted to play for them. I wanted to, to wear that logo for them. And, um, so that was what more of my focus was on. Um, I think everybody in Canada and everybody would hopefully realize that, okay, like I'm still a 20 year old kid. Like if, if, I, if I'm not feeling it, then he can go home, he can go home and recover. And I think that's just the, the good hearted people of Canada. And I, I don't think anybody ever kind of questioned that or questioned my decision just because, I mean, it's a small world. The, the the hockey world is a small world and all these little communities um, in Canada that thrive on hockey, that thrive on, you know, heading out to the rink and, and watching their local team play or whatever it may be. Um, I think that obviously I didn't want to let anybody across Canada sure. down, but it was definitely more of a, a focus on obviously us, uh, the 29 families. So. Yeah. Well, dude, I mean, it's an impressive, like, it's an impressive decision to make. I mean, for for that much shit to happen and for you to be in that position and to still eventually get to a point where you did put yourself first and, and start down the path of recovery, like that in itself is just like a, a super, like that's a, that's a, a he, saying that and hearing that is something that like any kid should hear and be like, oh, wow. Like if he can put himself first, like I can too. Yeah, I think it's a, it's something that I can look back on now and obviously um, kind of be proud of the the. For courageousness sure. that I show with making that decision but then again it's not about me it was more about it was more about just like I said just making sure that that all the families knew that I never I never really wanted to leave but unfortunately this is just what I had to do so um, everybody was super understanding and and loving and, and even the teammates when I went and and had the little speech about about telling them what that I was going to go home. I mean, some guys were teary eyed and, and everybody gave me a hug and um, that back to it. It was just a, it's, a, it's a family and it's a, it's that atmosphere that you love and that I definitely miss. But then again, I went back home and I was able to play junior B with um, all the, all of my friends that I grew up with. And I was yeah. able to, to have fun again on the ice and, and not kind of worry about as much, especially with it being junior A compared to junior B. So, mm-hmm. or junior B compared to junior A. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 When, once you left Humboldt, what did the recovery process look like? Um, once I left Humboldt, I made a promise to my bill of mom that I would do something about it. So um, I decided down the path of, of counseling, mm-hmm. um, which is something that obviously people told me help, would help. Um, and I mean, I know a lot of people aren't lucky or don't are not fortunate enough to be able to continually use counseling because it is very yeah. expensive, but which is crazy, but another, another, yeah, yeah. I mean, another, yeah, well, that's a whole nother story, but, um, I, so yeah, I made the decision to do that and, and it was, it was definitely foreign to me just because I, 
I mean, I'm not a kid to usually open up anyway. So mm-hmm. opening up to a stranger, I was like, is this really going to work? And I think yeah. initially I thought in my head, I was like, well, I'm going to go to one or two or three sessions and, and have a good time and, and share my feelings and, and probably be done. But unfortunately, that's just not the way it works. Um, it's a, it's something that you need to to put at the forefront each and every day. And I mean, I'm, I'm not saying you, I had to go to counseling every day, but I needed to, to start actually you know, putting or making an effort to do something about my mental health every day, not just kind of continually putting it on the back burner. Because as much as making that first step is so important um, when you realize that you're not doing so hot, I mean, it's about that those days and weeks following as well, where you continually implement something into your everyday life. Um, I mean, I work out every day for my physical side, but also for my mental state too. I mean, working out at is such a it's such a, a good thing for me and it, it works 100%. for me mentally and yeah. it works and, and i mean i i know that's something i always preach is just find what works for you it just yeah. it's just it, it's so different for everybody and and i mean i'm still learning too i mean i could come across something that really works for me in the future i've, I've tried yoga I've, I've tried it all so um it's just literally about finding what works so i was able to finally find what works and and uh and then eventually I got back to playing junior B, like I said, um, that took some time to actually like make that decision to go back, but, uh, it was, uh, it was a good decision for me. Yeah. Well, how, how long did it take you before you found something that works for you? Cause I know like a lot of people that I've talked to, you know, when they try, like they go to one therapy session and they're like, it's not for me. And then they kind of get discouraged because it's like, oh, well, if this didn't work for me, then I'm kind of like shit out of luck. But how long did it take you before you found something that you were like, oh, okay, yeah, this is the path that I can follow. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I'm still navigating it. Um, I sure. think, yeah, like, I don't think there's any set way and there's no right or wrong way to do it as well. But, um, um, once I kind of chose therapy, I definitely made a promise within myself that I would actually put an effort in. Mm. Um, it, it, there's obviously that difference of showing up and then actually showing up. And yeah, I, true. I tried my best to, to open up my, my walls and, and break them down and, and it, it's worked for me. Um, and the, the, the I can't remember the exact time frame of, of when I kind of made that decision to, to make that appointment or anything. Um, I, and I know everybody always told me writing a therapeutic and it's definitely, mm. it's definitely worked for me at times. And, and I know it works for a lot of people, which is, which is really good because it, it can be such a therapeutic thing, but um, I've tried it and I've recently got back into a little bit of journaling. So even little things like that, I mean, if, if you're finding that one thing is kind of slipping, just picking up something new is, is nice totally. and refreshing as well. It doesn't have to be the exact same thing. Obviously routine, routine is super important as well. I'm not saying get out of a routine, but um, it doesn't hurt to try new things as well. I mean, if one thing works for you, then perfect. But if you can kind of see it falling off and, and not working as, as much as it it did in the past. And I mean, it doesn't hurt to try something and it doesn't hurt to, to get out of your comfort zone as well and do something different. So yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a process just to find the process. You know what I mean? Like it's, there's so many, so many mental steps sometimes that you got to go through. You're like, okay, going to try therapy. You're going to try meditation. going to try this. I mean, working out for me was a huge thing as well. You know, getting in there, like kind of just turning off the bad voices in, in your head kind of thing and just focusing, bringing yourself more into your body was like, was huge. Um, yeah. Even with the, even with the working out thing, I know, um, 
there's been some times where I've just like even felt like like mentally drained and exhausted where where I'm like I can't work out today I don't I don't feel it and I mean yeah. it's as simple as just like like getting past that that little boundary that's holding you back and hopping on the bike for for 10 to 15 minutes and and then after you after I feel as though there's kind of that weight lifted off and, and you're refreshed again so yeah yeah how do you th- how do you think that like the fact that you had played sports your entire life and that you were an athlete played into your your like therapy and counseling process like what like that taking that mindset from sports and kind of relaying it over to getting better i i think that's that's the shitty thing is um as hockey players we we've we've grown up um not really Mm. wanting to ever share those emotions or wanting to ever express those uh feelings of what's going on but um it it and I, I suffered in silence as well. And that's what most, I think, athletes do in general. But yeah. I just watched this story on this Hayden Hurst guy who plays in the NFL. Who, yeah, for the Falcons. Yeah, to, yeah. yeah, it was incredible. Oh, my God. I watched the two videos and I'm like, like, these guys are like superheroes to some people. Um, but at the end of the day, like that athlete background and that culture of, of being strong and that culture of you can't show weakness. You can't. There's shame involved with that. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it's just got to end and it, oh, it's got to change. And, and you can see the shift, which is important. You got guys like Dak Prescott coming out yeah. about their depression and, yeah, and DeMar DeRozan. Yeah. So, I mean, if these guys are doing it, then I think anybody can do it. So Yeah. And I think there needs to be a mindset mindset shift too in like how we like as a society approach athletes when they do come out of this kind of stuff like i remember um and i and i remember i got on twitter and i let my twitter fingers fly because uh skip Skip bayless was like criticizing dak for uh for coming out and talking about his depression and it was just such it just seems like such an outdated view on like i'm like man at the end of the day like why are we differentiating athletes from like human beings like where where did that divide happen where it's like oh just because you play a sport all of a sudden you can't show this emotion or you can't talk about the things that are bothering you like that's it's crazy to me yeah it's super sad i mean at the end of the day these are definitely still human beings and um a guy like dak or even i listened to a podcast with kevin love yeah Um, i don't know if you're familiar yeah you got to listen to this podcast man the anxious over or anxious achiever it was anxious okay cool yeah it made me kind of step back a little and, and realize like he touched on the fact that athletes are, are portrayed as these, as these superheroes that, mm-hmm. that, you know what, they should never, ever open up about it. It should be about doing their job. It should be about, you know, having the, having the, all these stats and, and whatever it may be. Yeah, so, yeah. um, yeah, it's just, like I said, it's, it's so sad, but at, you can see that it's starting to become a part of each and every sport, which is, which is so refreshing to see that shift happening. Totally. And I mean, you can see that athletes needed that because there's so many athletes that probably have a lot of stories and a lot of struggles that they went through that they just don't ever begin to think about just because they think they're going to lose their job or they think somebody else is going to come in and take their spots. Or, I mean, there's just so many pressures. I couldn't even imagine being a professional athlete. There's so many pressures and that scrutiny, but uh, it's nice to see the shift. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And I, the reason that I asked earlier was because I feel like when it comes to athletes and I'm so glad that you brought up kind of like the negative side of it, because I think that, you know, when I've talked to athletes before, I've talked to a couple of guys who play for like the Argos and that kind of stuff. And, uh, they said that throughout some of their process, like they almost brought that competitive side of them to therapy. So it was like almost, almost one of those things where it was like, okay, I'm going to be like the best therapy patient that I can be because that was just kind of like the mindset. But then there's also the other side of it, that flip side that you just talked about where it's like, 
you know, I'm going to competitively not share. Like, I'm going to be so stonewalled because, like, that's just kind of like <laughs> what I've been built up to do. Yeah, and it's that's just like back to even the hockey culture. I mean, looking back, that's I, I've had some coaches that that you would never even begin to think about coming to them with with yeah. your what's going on inside your life but um that that old school way is uh i think is diminishing which is nice mm-hmm. i mean mad respect to every single athlete that obviously went oh, through sure. um, those years because i mean i'm sure there's a lot of guys that struggle with a lot of things that just kept it bottled up and suffered but um these athletes uh, in our times it's it's time to to take care of them <laughs> yeah oh man absolutely i think the biggest thing is like we're starting to see we're starting to see athletes show a little bit more of like, like we said, like that human side kind of thing where mm-hmm. it's like athletes, especially with like, you know, using social media and different things to like give people that glimpse into their, their life. It's like, Oh, you know, I'm actually also, I can dunk a basketball from the free throw line and I'm depressed. And you're like, Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. That makes, that makes sense because you're yeah. a human being. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. When, when did you first realize like what elements, uh, and obviously like this, you know, this might seem like an obvious question, but you know, what were the layers of your mental health? Like when you decided to go to therapy, like what parts of your mental health took the most significant kind of like dives? Like what were you trying to work on? Um, I think obviously the, the grief and trauma was the biggest thing. And I think that's something that um, me and my therapist will continually work on for the rest of our lives for sure. because that's something that, that's something that I'm, I mean, I know I am probably, yeah, all of us, all of us think about every single day and it's never going to be something that we don't think about. Mm-hmm. Um, there's going to be, there's going to be so many reminders every single day. So um, the, as for the layers, like even before the accident, like I didn't really have any like super big encounters with mental health. I'd, I'd never had like a major loss. I'd never had any any sort of um, grief or trauma or anything related to that. So um, I guess as for that question, it was more or less just like kind of breaking down the the magnitude of of what just happened because with how many incredible people we lost, I felt like um, I I felt like I needed to grieve for every single one just because Mm -hmm. I mean, how, how do you, how do you not? Um, I, I wish everybody was able to know um, the, the 16 people just because they were all so, so special. So um, as for the, the therapy side of things, um, you know, <laughs> that's definitely a question for my therapist, but uh, <laughs> it's uh, there was a lot of, a lot of layers just because I did yeah. bottle it up for so long and I did hold it in and I, I didn't really open up to, to people for, for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And the reason I ask is because I know that a lot of the time when you do keep things bottled up, and I'll talk from my own experience, like, you know, I kept my own mental health stuff shelved for, you know, six, seven, eight years. And I know that it led to confidence issues, anger issues, like there's so many other things that stemmed from like these like bigger things. And so that's why, you know, obviously, you're going to be going to therapy to deal with like the grief of losing friends and and just like that that horrific accident but then you know kind of like what it branched out to that made you really say like damn i gotta i gotta start doing something about this or it's just gonna drive me crazy yeah exactly and i mean nobody wants to see that especially the people around you your friends and family nobody wants to see that and i mean especially the people in humble could see that i wasn't playing my big dressing room role that i loved and Mm -hmm. uh, that i loved taking part in and that role was was something i was super proud to to 
take on, but unfortunately I just wasn't able to take on that role. So definitely the people around me were, were noticing. And these are guys that I never played with. And I mean, yeah. they could see it. So um, just for the people around me, I just, I, I, I had to, to do something or else. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, it, you, I just don't know what would have happened. Yeah. Yeah. That's always, a, that's always a scary thing to think about, but obviously, you know, mm-hmm. you, you've put yourself on a really good path, which is, which is awesome to see. And obviously from somebody who's been, you know, working in the mental health space, like myself for a little bit now, like, you know, hearing your story and seeing how far you've come and now chatting with you now, it's like, it's just like, it is, you kind of, you kind of just like feel like a relief for that. Like, you know, just to know that uh, not only are you sharing your story, but you're just kind of going through and, and doing the work and, and feeling a little bit, you know, better kind of thing is great. Yeah, I think for me, um, I, I didn't, I had no intentions of actually going even down this path. I just because, I mean, I, I barely knew what mental health meant, like yeah. I said. So um, I had no intentions of, of taking on this role and, and trying to become an advocate or, or mm-hmm. whatever it is. But um, after a couple speeches and a couple, after I shared my story on the Unsinkable platform, which is where I first kind of, you know, shared my story to the public and, and the response I got and the, the impact that, that people were saying were, was made on them and, and the hope and, and the inspiration and all that. Um, I think that's when I kind of made the decision to, to actually, you know what, like, obviously I'm still recovering as well. And I'm still, I'm still trying to navigate and figure it out. And, and I wish I had all these perfect answers for these for everybody but um oh, yeah you don't just have to to, to to yeah exactly but uh, yeah i feel like that was just like my thought process right. and i was like yeah like but just to know that i mean everybody is fighting their own battle and and if i can have a small piece in, in helping kind of inspire them to keep going or inspire them to to look at the fact that there is a light at the end of the tunnel, um, I think that was a, a no-brainer for me. I wanted to, I wanted to be able to help, and I wanted to be able to give back, to, especially to the people of Canada, just because they they picked us up when we were when we were down, and and they continued to show us love and support. So, mm-hmm. if I can do uh, as as little as a, a speech in front of a team or or a speech in front of whoever it may be, and and hopefully strike a chord with the people in the audience and and help them get through what they're going through then um yeah that's something that i'm on board for absolutely when you do your speeches like what kind of uh, message are you trying to get across um i've definitely i, I mean i've done a couple different audiences um so i, I try to definitely kind of figure cater out my audience bit. And, yeah, yeah yeah cater to the audience but um i guess i just more or less share my story um and then i try to offer a little bit of advice and I try to offer some things that have helped me. Um, and I mean, I, I even like, like to look back on a couple of quotes that I always, that I always share. Just, I mean, as simple as like mental health isn't a battle to be won. It's a journey to continue walking. Mm. And I, I think like that, that uh, yeah, it's something that will strike a chord with a lot of people just because it isn't, it, it's not about winning. It's not about, you know, getting, getting to the end and, and feeling that glory of winning or right. it's honestly just about waking up every day and, and taking it day by day and, 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 and putting yourself first in, in times where you need to and, and checking in on the people around you. And, and there's so many simple things that really add up to the big picture. And, and I mean, even as, as little as showing emotion, I mean, that's just like, like we talked about, that's not something that athletes do or, or were taught to do, but, 
I mean, I've cried in front of my friends and, and they'll cry with me and they'll hug me. And, and I yeah, mean, it, dude, me too, it's man. such a refreshing moment. And, and now um, I definitely am learning as I'm going. I'd love to learn more and more about kind of the mental health world and, mm-hmm. and how everybody's mind works. But uh, like I said, everybody's fighting their own battle and everybody has their own story. So um, just being able to help kind of inspire them to, to keep moving forward and, and be grateful for, for waking up on, on, on two feet every day is, uh, yeah, it's, it's big. something that I want to do. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I think that, you know, definitely when you, when you're talking about doing you know, talking with your boys and, and having those moments and like those conversations, like I think increasingly, like as you know, me, myself and a lot of people like just in general are starting to see the importance of like being there for your guys and and like checking in and just having those conversations that like have kind of been taboo for a while because it's so important and it doesn't have to be like this big crazy thing it's literally just as easy as being like hey man like just want to let you know if you're ever going through something like just know you don't have to like you can come talk to me like it's not you know you don't have to feel like you're gonna burden me or anything like that i mean if somebody if somebody was in a position where they wanted to go and reach out or they wanted to support their friends like how would you say as a good way that you've learned about going about that I mean, it's crazy because uh, after the accident, everybody always asked me, how you doing? What's going on? How you doing? Right. And I would always just revert back to that. I'm fine. I'm doing fine. I'm yeah. doing okay. And, and that the was a textbook like, answer. I'm fine. Yeah. Like you yeah. said, I just didn't want to burden people with my problems. And mm-hmm. and now I realize that, you know what, when people are asking that question, they actually, the, the people around you, your friends and family, if they're asking that question, they genuinely care. And and that's something that I had to, to understand just because, um, I mean, I, I never did that. And I never, mm. I, I would never open up a, that can of worms or yeah. for, for them, especially. But I mean, even I was on a Zoom call the other day with a friend and he straight up asked me, he goes, how is your mental health? And I was like, I was like, damn, like, that's like, that's yeah, like, yeah. I was like, that's like something that needs to become more normalized within like a a conversation with your friend or whatever it may be. I mean, as much as saying, how are you is important. um, I think a lot of people will divert from that question just because they don't want to, to, to burden you um, or whatever it may be. So being straight up with them and asking how is their mental health is, I find it a good way to actually get down to the, to the struggles and get down to the core of what's going on and, and get down to, to figuring out what the best path is moving forward for that friend or family member or whoever it may be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's one of those things. I always kind of joke with my friends about it. Like, it's not like when, you know, your coworker, like a stranger is walking down the street and they're like, Hey, how are you? And you got to give them your life story. But (laughs) it's like, if somebody in your life who, who, you know, cares about you and you care about them, if, if they're asking, like, don't be afraid to actually just like tell them how you are. And you can be great. Like, I mean, if, if you're having a great day, let them know. But like, if you are Perfect. going through it, just like kind of, and, and you need to get things off your chest, like they asked. So let them. There's like, no shame in it. Exactly. I mean, yeah. Something I always definitely try to, to preach is if you're going to surround yourself with the right people, they're never going to shy away from your answer. Love that. I mean, if they're asking that question, I don't think they're going to run away or they're going to try and get away from that conversation. Um, I think the people that you surround yourself with is the, the, the most important thing and mm-hmm. uh, being able to, to utilize those people on a day-to-day basis is, is something that I think they'll, they'll find important as well for your rela- relationship. And I think it honestly deepens your connections and relationships in life and, Dude, and having sure. those conversations 
and initiating those tough conversations is is a very hard thing to do but once you once you can have them and, and get to that comfortability with that person, then I think it's just such a weight lifted off your shoulders and off your heart that uh, yeah. a lot of people need. Bro, it's just, it, they, you know, they call it a support system for a reason. It's like, you got to lean on them sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What, what do you think is like the biggest thing that you've learned ever since you kind of started to, to go on this, this mental health recovery, this mental health journey? Um, I wish I could pinpoint one thing. Hey man, we got all um, the definitely... time in the world. If you want to rattle through a few, by all means. <laughs> Yeah, like I think one of the as, as simple as it is, it's just like that that gratitude aspect, and mm-hmm. and even before the even before the accident, like I was I was super super grateful for where I was at and the people in my life, but I never really like took onus of of telling the people I love them or telling mm-hmm. my friends, uh, you know, I appreciate them, and and it's um I think it's so simple to do, and it, it just go it gets overlooked quite a bit, and. And I mean, when I, when I have a couple pops with my friends, the amount of times that we say, I love you is, is other people will probably think concerning, but it's, just, <laughs> it's, it's simple and it's, it's refreshing to Dude, know. It's great. Yeah. You, you, you never know when, when a, somebody around you needs that and you mm. never know when somebody around you needs that kind of, um, that refreshing moment where it's like, okay, like this person actually cares and this person actually wants me to to be okay and this person loves me and this person knows that I can rely on them and they can rely on me and it's such a two-way street and yeah and uh I think another thing I've definitely come to learn is I think I mentioned earlier is just like there's no right right or wrong way to do it mm. but starting somewhere is is so vital you can't just you know think about it and then put it put it back and I'll do yeah. it tomorrow and yeah and yeah I mean, yeah prolonging that suffering is is such a a shitty thing to do just because it is like it will become like a ticking time bomb and and nobody wants that so waiting till you're ready to make that first step and waiting till you're ready to to really take onus of this and put your kind of mental and emotional state at the forefront of your life is uh you can't wait (laughs) yeah i mean life is short and I mean, I know that's cliche, but unfortunately, you never know what tomorrow is going to bring. So yeah. at least if you can kind of, you know, be in a good mental state and emotional state, then then you can get through those tough times a little better. I mean, I wish I I wish I had more of a, a grasp on mental health before mm-hmm. the accident, just because I, I had no idea what it even meant. And I had no idea yeah. what to do. Um, so if you can get a good grasp on your mental strength and, and then, I mean, then you can get to a point where you can help the others around you as well. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So, I mean, I've definitely learned a lot and I'm still learning and I, I, I'd love to keep learning just because it is such a complex thing, but it's, uh, it's, it's, yeah mental health is crazy it's deep man yeah it's one of those things where it's like there's so many you know we talked about layers earlier it's like there is so many layers to it where you know every situation every person is unique and there's always different uh you know different things that have just happened in people's lives that have led to them you know having whether it's like trauma or anxiety or depression or anything like that and anything you know from from traumatic experiences to chemical imbalances like it can all you know it can all affect your mental health so it's all just a conversation that needs to be continued and and pushed forward and stuff yeah those conversations is the most important thing i mean um i just started a little i'm not trying to promote myself or anything but i Dude, just started a do. little like apparel campaign with just two messages on it that says not alone and it's okay to not be okay and and 
being able to help initiate those tough conversations is is super super important and i mean um those tough conversations are not easy to be had and it's i, I wish it was easier for a lot of people um especially men but um i, I mean now that november is over and mm-hmm. and i mean who knows i can't remember when bella's talk day is but um i wish that it was more of an everyday thing i yeah. wish that november was uh, 365 days a year i wish that bella talk too, wasn't man. just one day of chucking up a hashtag i mean it's something that it's you you can't take a day off no. i mean you unfortunately i mean and and if you do have a good day or you do have a bad day you just have to embrace that yeah. And you just have to run with that and, and focus on that day and, and worry about the next day when it comes. And, and yeah. Uh, yeah, I know, man. And dude, it sucks to see. Uh, and that's why I'm, I love, you know, Bella to talk. I love Movember. Um, you know, those mm-hmm. are such great initiatives that Absolutely. start a conversation. But my biggest thing is it's like, okay, the conversation's been started. Let's keep it going. Like, yeah. you know, why are we? Yeah. Like you said, you're chucking up a hashtag. You're like, look at all this great, like this, this money that's been donated, this great stuff that's happening. But then a week later, it's like, we're kind of just go, going back to the normal, you know, day to day. It's like, you just yeah. got to, you got to just keep it going. And that's the thing is like, you know, through little things like, you know, I've seen your apparel on, uh, on Instagram and that kind of stuff. And definitely something that, uh, you know, Life's a Wreck is releasing some merch here soon. So maybe we'll have to do like a Jersey swap. I'll I'll send you a hoodie. Um, And uh, yeah, it's like, you just got to like, you know, constantly have things to just kind of give people that little reminder of like, oh yeah, right. Like this is still not something that goes away. Like it's always there. It's always, you're carrying this around with you everywhere. So it's going to be. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's, it's just like your physical health and your mental health go hand in hand. Totally. And that's something that, I mean, as, as a male hockey player or not even as a male hockey player, as a hockey player, it, it, it's always such a physically dominated world, but uh, I think it, it gets overlooked a lot of the times that, I mean, hockey is quite a bit mental as well. And I mean, if you're, if you're struggling mentally, um, then your performance goes down, your focus goes down and, and it's just about being on top of, of both your physical and mental health and, and there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to take care of your mental health like you do a physical injury. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people neglect to realize that just because it is a, it is a hard thing to do and it is a hard thing to come to terms with and it is a hard thing to, to take those steps. I mean, it's, it's easy to go to the doctor and, and get a new cast for a broken arm. I mean, right. th- those things are easy, but um, being able to, to, you know, grab a new cast for your brain is, is, uh, <laughs> it's a little hard. Is, is, yeah, it's vital though. It's, it, I mean, it's, it's so for your journey and, uh, and for your healing. Um, I think it's, uh, it's just something that people need to do for sure, man. How can people, uh, how can people keep in touch with, or like keep in touch with what you're doing, like keep up with you and, and, uh, just, uh, follow your, your journey. <laughs> I think, uh, I think best thing would probably be uh, just my Instagram. Um, Smitty269 is where I kind of try and stay up to date on stuff and, and let people know what's going on. I might take a little hiatus from from social media. Um, I had a, had a busy month with November and some media attention and all that. So mm. I definitely think I need to uh, decompress a little and, yeah, and step away sure. and disconnect. Yeah. yeah. So. But I, I, I always try to keep an open door and I, I, I love to, to continually keep an open door for, for the people that need it. And I always try to, to check on my message requests and stuff like that because uh, you never you never know who's going to hop into your DMs and, and you never know who's going to need that those words of, of reassurance or those, mm-hmm. those words of, of okay, it's, it's okay. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's okay that you're, 
you're struggling. It's okay that you're, you're having these emotions or, or whatever it is. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's important just to be there. Right. You know, and, mm-hmm. and just people to have people know, and that's, you know, that's the biggest thing. I, I, you know, I appreciate you, uh, throwing the, the IG handle on there because yeah, anybody who's listening to this, uh, right now and, uh, and wants to, to keep in touch, like, you know, seem like a pretty great guy. And I can imagine <laughs> that, uh, keeping in touch with you is always a, you know, a, a good thing. And, and just having that example there is, is a great thing to just give you that daily reminder. Absolutely. Yeah, I definitely, uh, I still need to, to worry about myself and I don't want to put too much on my plate. But uh, like I said, I try to, I try to help out as much as possible. And I try to, to continually give people hope and, and continually bring awareness around mental health, just because it's like we've been talking about, it's an everyday thing. And it's yeah. not something that you can just kind of overlook. So mm-hmm. the, la- the last thing I want to ask you, man, uh, at the end of every episode, I like to give out a challenge to my listeners. Uh, every time I have a guest on, you know, I-, I want them to give my listeners something that they can implement into their, their days, their weeks, their months, their entire life. Um, just something that you feel has helped your mental health and that you think would help other people who might be in a, a similar situation or might be able to kind of um, resonate with anything you've talked about. Yeah. Um, I think we could just go back to the gratitude aspect. I know mm-hmm. a lot of, a lot of things are, are like write 10 things down that you're grateful for. Um, and I mean, as cliche as that is, and as, as probably boring it is as it is right. sometimes. Um, I mean, even just trying to implement that, um, into your relationships instead, mm. um, sending a text and being like, Hey man, I just want you, I just want you to know that I appreciate you and I'm proud of you. Um, you never know how far that text could go. So, um, I guess, yeah, I guess just reaching out to a couple people and just, and just letting you, letting them know that obviously you're there, um, is, is a, a big thing. And especially during these times, um, mm. as things still <laughs> don't seem to, you know, keep or yeah, move forward at least. Crazy, yeah. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people need that. So I know it works for me whenever I get a text saying or somebody saying they're proud of me or, or or that they that they appreciate me it's uh it 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 strikes something inside me and it it definitely warms my heart so uh yeah good stuff man perfect uh man i I can't thank you enough for for coming on and uh and chatting with me and sharing your story because i know that it's going to help a lot of people and uh you know the people that in my own life who i've kind of uh let know that uh that you know we were going to be talking we're really excited to hear from you so i know that uh it means a lot to a a small little community of five thousand people out in new brunswick so uh yeah i appreciate you man amazing man i love that okay well yeah absolutely thanks again for having me and uh hopefully i can make it down to the east coast in the near future love that man if you do uh we'll we'll definitely hit a good fish and chips bottle i'll I'll take you around to the site (laughs) sounds good cool dude damn right great fucking guy yeah I, i felt like i was talking to one of the boys i mean you were like what I liked about the episode the most is I feel like it, it sums up life's wreck really well. What do you mean? Well, the whole point of this dumb thing was to show people, um, and in this case, especially young men, that they can talk about this stuff. Yeah, that, that's really true. And you guys are both just young 20-something dudes talking about trauma and mental health in a way that, you know, I, I don't want to speak for you. <laughs> Get it? Because I am you. Um, but, you know, it was casual. That's hugely in part to Tyler. Like, to be so open about what he's went through... Um, and uh, as well as like the nuanced aspects of sport that he experienced, like the mentality of an athlete that was preached to him. Um, and, you know, just to talk about the flaws in the system that he's been in, like 
That's impressive. Plus, let's let's call a spade a spade. You know, the guy's just cool. He played high-level hockey, good-looking kid. And then to have this kind of emotional depth to be open to sharing it, you know, I think it just shows that anyone can talk about their mental health. I agree. I think he was the perfect guest to end things off this season. Uh, and I highly encourage anyone who's listening to this to check out Tyler on Instagram at smitty269. Nice. Uh, and check out his clothing. It, it's super dope. Um, and it obviously supports a really great cause. Uh, like I said in the intro of the show, we have some details about next season uh, and Life's Rec as a whole. So speaking of clothing, first and foremost, Life's Rec is officially launching merch and pre-sales will be going up soon. So make sure to follow the podcast on Instagram for all of those details. Uh, and just like I do most seasons, I'm going to take a little extra time off, um, do some behind the scenes stuff. So we'll be coming back for season four on January 29th. But you can still keep up with the podcast on Instagram at Life's Rec Podcast and follow me on TikTok and Instagram at Morzy. And that's got three Y's there. Um, on Instagram, you guys can look forward to a new look to the content, new feel to it. Uh, we're growing the team at Life's Rec and, uh, you know, the content is growing with us. Um, some more video stuff too. Oh, so what people have to look at you now too. I, I mean, they could watch with their eyes closed, but I, I, I would, know. I would recommend that. They wouldn't yeah. get to see my eyebrows. <laughs> you know, it, it's been a pleasure, man. Here. Well, what's this? Well, you, you know, a little celebratory drink. What'd you do to it? Nothing. I, I'm not going to drink it. Here. You can, you can have mine. Okay, fine. Cheers. <laughs> Ew, what the fuck? Dude, I knew you'd want to switch. You're predictable. You're you're a dick. Nobody. We're a dick. And life's a wreck. So see you in season four. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.